At this point, you should be on the frame with a film strip title that says Oral Hello, it's Oral Hygiene. It's where we talk about caught films, experimental films. Uh, I am Matt. Hello, I'm Mark. I was just going to see if you were like waiting for me to say your name or if you just say it. So it was a, it was a pretty short silence. So I'm cool. a self-starter. Yeah. Um, today's movie, Duck Soup. I've seen this movie several times. Me too. Several dozen times, probably. <laughs> I don't know about several dozen times, but I don't know if I've seen anything several dozen times. I'm a, I'm a watch it once kind of person. The movie I've seen the most is probably this or Ghostbusters or Back to the Future. One of those three. <laughs> I'd say probably Back to the Future, RoboCop, Evil Dead Two, Reanimator, and uh, maybe something else I'm forgetting. Those are probably like 20 or 30 times and then anything else less than that. Like, I mean, I've only seen the original Star Wars trilogy like three or four times. Mm -hmm. I've, yeah, I've seen that more than that, but I had on VHS when I was a kid, right? So, of course, I but saw a lot. But I mean, that is, I was pointing that out because that's weird because I feel like people around our age group have seen it like 25 times and could say, yes, I'm, I'm not one of those, those outliers. No, um, this film, my aunt growing up, we go up for the summer and she, you know, in the 80s, had this like large collection of VHS with a bunch of like classic films. So I ended up watching um, a lot of the Marx Brothers and the, the Stooges. Right. And what, what else was in there? Uh, the Pink Panther movies. I saw those a lot. Um, I didn't like the Thin Man movies at the time. I guess they're not goofy enough. Now I like them. They're fine. But yeah, when I was a kid, that the Thin Man was not appealing. Well, for me, I saw the Stooges on TV a lot. Um, I wasn't a huge fan because it felt like, I don't want to say it felt too mean-spirited, but it felt like mean-spirited enough that it wasn't particularly fun. Maybe that's why um, the one of the tastes my aunt had and the one I watched the most is the one where Mo is Hitler. I actually, <laughs> yeah. a, a notable analogy to this film, <laughs> uh, Duck yeah. Soup is the smarter of the two, but yeah, having... um. Moe screaming gibberish with a with a Hitler mustache and a and a brown shirt is is something to see. <laughs> and then bopping yeah. curly. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, the difference is a huge difference between the Stooges and the Marx Brothers, which is that the Stooges seem to generally hate hate each other. And the Marx Brothers, I mean, they Marx Brothers probably did hate each other, but they were not related as aggro towards each other. They were <laughs> yeah, related. They were related. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> they they no, had this. I'm sorry, I didn't start watching these until I was in my uh, 20s, actually. No, I think I first saw Duck Soup when I was like three years old, so. <laughs> yeah, no, I... Um, Maybe that says was... something about my personality, I don't know. I mean, I think that's pretty normal. Like, I didn't really... I had a kind of a weird upbringing because my parents were on the older side and they weren't very pop culture savvy. Um, that this, this was something I saw in my 20s and it was one of those like, oh this blows my mind because everything came from this yeah like this feeling of just i'm uh, seeing i'm wondering i'm wondering why i was like so obsessed with watching marx brothers films when i was a kid 
it seems like something that would be dull and boring when you're a kid. I, obviously, it wasn't I, for me, but I disagree. I think they're still pretty exciting because it's just, for for lack of a better description, it just feels like someone worked really hard to set everything up. Like I remember um, working hard to set everything up for me uh, in the late '80s to to tape animal crackers off of like public television on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Yeah, it was just, it feels like, um, like the game Mousetrap, but you're just watching someone set up different mousetraps and set them off over and over again. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's that, the, that the Rube Goldberg scheme. Yeah, it's like the satisfying, the satisfaction of watching just the scheme get pulled off over and over. It's just, there, there are things that you, the things that they do and pull off in these movies that you can't just you can't improvise things like you walk over to a guy and then you're holding his leg like it's just you have to <laughs> you gotta you gotta be on your marks people plan it out oh yeah it's, it's, pun in, pun intended but yeah. it wasn't <laughs> it's almost like um it's almost like the the whole prankster god thing but what if the prankster gods were both interfering and also just set every setting everything up yeah well i mean the the, the fun thing about the paramount marks films uh the first five films they did in particular is they they couldn't give less of a fuck about anyone around them <laughs> yeah it's it's obvious that groucho is like roasting the people doing the song and dance routine at the beginning it's just, right they're just setting the world on fire you know just to watch it burn right but literally in this movie yeah but that's why it holds up is because they're they have what i would call a modern attitude it's not even it's not even like, i guess we didn't really see stuff like this in the mainstream until the 90s which just like i don't care <laughs> what's going on even uh, airplane I'd, I'd argue like airplane and naked gun are more respectful films to like you, to the institution of hollywood <laughs> yeah i guess so well this one um I, I guess before you get too deep uh i i know i did read this one in the tv guy description several times but go ahead and do your version well my version uh Rufus T. Firefly has been appointed leader of Reunia. And it's time for war. Okay. And then, and then they... There's too much there. It's hard for me to summarize this. There's so much. There's so much, but also so little. I don't... I would. I need, I should have written a blurb. If I was <laughs> this. It's a short movie, right? I mean... <laughs> it's an hour long. There's so much, but so little happens, but so much happens within the... The small scenes but yeah uh the one of the reasons we're pointing this one out now is it's it's like why is this movie 100 percent on target and it's 89 years old i think it's just because the marx brothers understood people and were not afraid to hold the mirror up to to humanity it's like this is what people are like well they broke the mirror yeah they broke the mirror and they still continued on as if there was a mirror right because they had costumes and stuff so yeah, they were they were ready for it yeah um i don't know what's your favorite insult from from well i guess i guess groucho does most of the insults chica is just confusing i don't know i would have i sh there were so many i would have had to um write known to write that down before we did this podcast i was reading off quotes to someone yesterday but uh i i i mean they are not from this movie but my favorite one is um what is it um outside of a dog a book is a man's best friend inside of a dog it's too dark to read it's not really an insult <laughs> <Yeah>. but 
That's great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so much. So much. There's so much. Of course, there's always the, the famous I, I'd never join a club that would accept me as a member, right? So Yeah, I still I still think about that often. Right, right. Great, now that great. We have things like Facebook groups that I wouldn't join a Facebook group if they would have me as a member. <laughs> um I one thing I do kind of like is how dry and boring the first five minutes of this movie are. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. It's everyone is going going everyone knows to treat this as if it is a dead serious war film that's you know margaret dumont who's uh depending on who you ask didn't ever get any of their jokes <laughs> doing just an incredible job here just continuously setting up everything well they pay me money to do this now i i certainly she got some of the jokes i mean that's a little dense maybe she was a little dense i don't know okay maybe that's what you need sometimes i don't know i i'm continuously surprised at people i meet in real life who don't understand my jokes maybe my jokes aren't good but but uh yeah she's basically like she's like a clone of my grandmother so that's kind of weird yeah i feel like a lot i feel like a lot of people have margaret dumont's in their family yeah 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 with with the accent and all of that so I mean, well, she was somewhat formal. I mean, obviously not quite as a, you know, a, well, what is the word for her? The board matron? Mm. The states lady matron, of Dawesville? Matron. Yeah, the <laughs> important, <laughs> important person. The, the, the VIP. Person two. The VIP. Nobody says VIP, yeah, do they? I think I see VIP. They do. That's why I was just being obnoxious. VIP. Yeah. Um, but yeah, one person that is missing is um, the past couple movies that the Marxists had done had Thelma Todd as the bombshell, mm-hmm. which uh, here they have the um, the the what the what is what is she supposed to be the the sex kitten in this one? Did you even notice oh, her? <laughs> barely. She was in like one scene. I don't know what she was supposed to be. She was in a few scenes. Um, any, yeah. The, the first Bond girl. She's the first Bond girl that, I mean, she doesn't die in this movie, but in a Bond movie, she'd be the first Bond girl that dies. Hmm. But um, anyway, the point is, um, yeah, I, the, the one thing where this movie maybe it, it doesn't have Thelma Todd in that role and it should, but she might have been like dead or something by this point. I don't remember. I remember if Thelma Todd's career went really horrible, really fast. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't look up very much trivia on this. I, I did, but you know, it didn't talk about Thelma Todd because I was looking at Ducks, Duck Soup trivia. But um, who's not in this movie? But uh, there she is. Okay, I'm. I'm gonna. Um, ch- I think Groucho she's like Marx. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say Groucho Marx just constantly trying to bang Margaret Dumont is like is perfect for this subject. That's like perfect for a political satire. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, yeah. So Thelma Todd could have been in this movie, I guess, because she died in 1935 in a suspicious death. So that's pretty weird film. I'm just trying to see why she... Marx Brothers do you think murdered her? Yeah, (laughs) because she wouldn't do this film. (laughs) (laughs) Found it. Sorry, I'm looking at... It's like I can't even decide which one of the Marx Brothers would be the most likely to be a murderer. Harpo. Sorry, I was still reading. Uh, my my answer for that's actually quite quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huh? Oh, she was at a party hosted by Stanley and Ida Lupino. Oh no, Ida was the, the Stanley's daughter. Oh, yeah. Okay, the weird stuff. 
concluded it was accidental died in a car okay weird stuff anyway she she this movie's 33 um she could have been in it but wasn't so oh well maybe she was getting ready to die yeah yeah you need two years to, to do that i guess yeah, your affairs in order <laughs> because everyone knows when it's coming <laughs> everybody get your affairs in order you have two years right um but anyway yeah that, that that's my one the one thing i don't like about the super it's not really something not to like because anyone that's not the marks bears doesn't matter a whole lot in these movies nope. well, except except margaret Hold dumont on. as we just said margaret dumont the, and the um the ambassador is yeah uh, he well he's just thinks. he he's he a popcorn salesman yeah oh yeah george kennedy he he was a comic actor in tons of stuff around this time so yeah that, that would that he would have been like you know your celebrity cameo in like a modern comedy okay like people knew who he was when they saw him in 1933 um this film of course is just before the Hayes code kicked in so I figured i sort of figured that there were a few things that were like mm, well that's and there's me. there's one joke that apparently was a direct jab at the Hayes code where you see the um you see Harpo's shoes and then you see the woman's shoes and then you see the horseshoes and it comes up and they're in two beds but the horse is in bed with Harpo because <laughs> they're like oh in the Hayes code we can't have a man and a woman in bed so we'll put the horse in the bed with Harpo <laughs> yeah and you know what that would joke still works on at least two levels yeah yeah really <laughs> because we all lived through I don't know when you think in terms of that when you and I were born in like the 70s then the Hayes Code had been really in effect for more than half of the existence of television or movies well I don't when did the Hayes Code go bye-bye when the rating system started I, I think that's about the demarcation early line. 70s right I'll, late I'll 60s early that. 70s yeah I'm pretty sure that's correct so it was already gone when we were around but uh that's why you got your reanimator to watch 30 times uh 1968 okay reanimator would not pass the Hayes code no <laughs> no robocop would robocop would almost be like that's they the, would just like i don't even know why you paid to make this that's that's the film they showed to new Hayes code employees so they know what not to accept <laughs> yeah it's a scare film for for if you have to figure out what to censor well the, we were talking to uh uh, a dude uh, the, uh, uh, when we were talking about the evil dead and the guy mentioned a uh, movie in the 80s like the censor about the uh you know about the british film board censoring in the 80s uh yeah i i remember hearing about that but i did i remember hearing that but i didn't see the movie well neither did i so i guess we should stop talking about that but uh yeah okay. I, I i think one of my favorite film periods is about 1930 to 1933 real specific because by that time they'd figured out how to shoot with sound because the real yeah. if you watch the coconuts the marx brothers first film that's that's where they're you know hiding microphones in the plants and stuff and they can't move the camera at all and nobody can move around or they won't be heard so it took them a few years to get the kinks out right because the last silent films were quite well shot with lots of camera movement and, and that was why some people were like, no, the talkies aren't are just a fad. They're not going to last because you could not make movies the same way for a few years. Nope. Well, yeah, you have to ADR everything or they hadn't invented ADR yet or something like that. Probably couldn't do ADR. Yeah, just it severely curtailed your uh, freedom of filmmaking. So because so, now we're like, that's stupid. Why would people possibly say like sounds a fad, you know, 
but when you're like oh they it actually like screwed up like how to make films for a couple of years eh, okay you can at least see where they're coming from so do you think that imax might someday not be looked at as a fad if they can make imax cameras small enough uh, well gonna bother possibly but you still need to have an awful large auditorium for that which you can't really have everywhere right yeah also I mean, that's the limax thing where it's like fake imax there's lots of those now oh i think i missed out on that so <laughs> uh yeah i remember the first movie i saw on a fake imax screen was watchmen and i think that was right around the time you moved back to japan i saw watchmen on imax at the mall of georgia that was real imax that's real imax okay i thought you went with me I think you saw Watchmen uh, on real IMAX. Were were we drinking at Ruby Tuesdays before going to the movie? It sounds possible. <laughs> I don't I remember. I remember that. Okay. Anyway. Some of, the, some of the people I was with, and I didn't know that you guys knew each other, but you might know them. I'm, I don't know. Honestly, I think just you and I went. So maybe you saw Watchmen more than once. That's also possible. Okay. <laughs> but I saw me, it me. by myself on a fake IMAX in uh, South Lake. Ah, okay. So, what? How do you feel about that movie? I feel like maybe I need to rewatch it, but at at the time I was like, "This is amazing! How could they possibly do better than that?" And then I sort of reread the book and was like, "Well, okay, I actually like that movie quite well." And yeah, it's kind so of go back and forth, but there are things upon. that people—it's uh, one of those things where the things people that make people angry, like the sex scene, don't bother me because I look at it as kind of like a joke. <laughs> it's like that's funny to me but so zach schneider doesn't have a sense of humor so maybe they're right maybe they're right i, I don't <laughs> know i don't like his superman movie like i've been pretty open about that that's i i think honestly batman v superman was better than man of steel i didn't like man of steel right i remember you mentioning that um you know i lost my pants i just found them this morning it was very exciting Wow, that's awesome. I hope you didn't uh, address Congress without the, before you got the <laughs> their house pants. That, uh, yeah, it, it was. I, I was definitely having a firefly moment last week. I, it turned out they had fallen, you know, the crease in my bed, right? And so oh, had yeah. a sheet. So I saw the sheet there and I was like, oh, well, that's there. So it's not the pants, but I need to look lower. And I, I don't know. I have a lot of pants. Mm. These are the house pants I just wear around all the time. So it was. It was confusing. <laughs> I if I'm at, around the house, I wear my workout pants, which I may or may not have worked out in, or may have just put on and then. I think they should make it a um. I think they should make it a, a rule that the president gives a state of the union without pants on. Yeah, we'll we'll see. It'd be nice to have a president that was born after 1946. Oh, looks like Luke's one. jumping in. We have guest number three. Apparently, we have guest number three. Hello. It's on the Hello. way. Oh, the, the picture's coming up. Everything's silent. There we go. Morning. Hello. I was just talk just talking about how I lost my pants. But I found them Your finally. Pants. Yeah. Okay. Did I tell the story story of when I blew my pants open at work? Sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I remember that. That was a good one. <laughs> we do the morning exercises in Japan. Like there's like this radio thing, and you do all these arm movements, and you do these like little dropping down squats i dropped my pen so i tried to do like an extra low squat to grab it on the way down and there was just like a loud bang and i blew out the butt on my pants <laughs> um and i almost got away with it but i immediately started pissing myself laughing <laughs> so everyone noticed 
literally pissing yourself? No, luckily. That, that um, would have been better. <laughs> what was real lucky is that I happened to be um, staying at someone else's place that night, so I had a spare change of clothes. Yep. You know, what is it? The uh, Will Forte line, always have another pair of pants ready. Yeah. <laughs> um, once, once upon a time when I was really overweight, I went bowling and I just threw a bowling ball and ripped the entire like front of my pants. Like that was wild. I had a managed to have a friend go by my house and get a pair of pants. I don't even remember how I was able to get him to get inside, but uh, was it so Luke, is this your first serving of ducking the soup? Yes. It's probably the first time I've watched any Marx Brothers thing all the way through. Ah, okay. So I impression think this is my first also. Yeah, I was saying I've seen this probably like a couple dozen times since I was three years old. So I'm curious about your take. It's actually similar to how you told me it was gonna be, which is everyone else is really old and boring. <laughs> and it it genuinely doesn't feel like it was made at the time it was made. It feels like it was made 30 years later in parody of the films of the 20s. Yeah, because this, yeah, actually these these caught a lot of fire in the 60s because the counterculture movement like picked up on them when they were playing in um, you know, revival houses and stuff. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because yeah, they're really funny and like irreverent and like disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> And just seem like complete nonsense. Like, well, they seem anachronistic to the setting they're in. But yeah, it, yeah, uh, we, there's a few, you know, things that don't really pass muster today in this film, of course. But generally, the humor is quite modern. And uh, yeah, the, the movie's plot is just disturbingly relevant, of course. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I was just saying. I think that the uh, that airplane is more respectful to the movies of the seventies than this is to the movies of the twenties and thirties. <laughs> just... But yeah, to to me, it was like I just was like, oh, Bugs Bunny just stole everything from this, and it's it's almost like I I didn't realize growing up that Bugs Bunny was just a bunch of references, and then it's like slowly through your life you piece together that oh, that was that, and that was this, and. Well, people always bring up the thing that he only eats a carrot because he was doing an impression of someone and it's made the entire planet think rabbits like carrots a lot more than they do. That makes sense. I've never seen a rabbit eat a carrot. I've given a rabbit a carrot and it just ate the leaves off the end. <laughs> it didn't eat the orange bit. <laughs> I seem to remember someone saying it was like some kind of um, like a victory garden propaganda thing. I don't know. I sort of always thought it was just it's, it looks like a guy smoking a cigarette, but we can't show a guy smoking a cigarette. I mean, back when Bugs Bunny started, he probably could have just smoked a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then people would be like, rabbits don't smoke cigarettes. Right. Um, I used to have this uh, video that was just a, a continuous loop of all the uh, cigarette ads that were in the Flintstones. It was just, it was just cigarette sponsored the Flintstones for like years. <laughs> Yeah, well, doing the Twilight Zone, right? I, can we keep that getting uh, cigarette yeah. ads at the end of every show? Well, most shows. Oasis I guess cigarettes. That's why I thought yeah. about that. It would <laughs> always be like, hey, Barney, I'm going to go out back and smoke a cigarette. Just... That, that makes sense. Yeah. I saw a picture of the cast of the Flintstones. It was really weird. I mean, they look really old for how, the, how old they're supposed to be. 
I guess yeah. cave being caveman ages you. I guess because they were all radio people and it was already the 60s. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, here's a question. Uh, except for the not did anyone notice Zeppo in any of the scenes where he wasn't the fourth member of a song and dance number? I, I couldn't tell you which one's which of the <laughs> brothers. Sorry. <laughs> How many are there? I'm going to guess five, four. Right? <laughs> are there five? Is there, there a gummo? There was a gummo. He's not in any of the movies. Okay. Like, yeah, Zeppo, um, he's, the idea of him was to be like kind of the weird leading man, right? Like, but the fact, the unfortunate thing is everyone in the movie is supposed to be dry and boring. So when he's doing a slightly wacky version of being dry and boring, it doesn't really, you know, set off very well. Hmm. Apparently, if you had dinner with the Marxists, he was the funny one. But <laughs> if you're watching their movie, he's not. Well, a good like comedy writer does gives everyone else the good lines, right? So maybe it's one of them. Yeah, that might be it. Um, this was the last movie he actually appears in with them. I, I think he went switched and became their agent after this. Okay. Because their father just died, so he's like, okay, I'll take care of the business end because nobody cares about me being in these movies anyway. <laughs> Did they like have children and have more Marxes? Or did the Marx die with them? Did the Marx um, name die with the Marx brothers? Well, it's it lives on in communism. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Karl Marx is the Marx brother. That it's, Six it's, Marx. Matt, <laughs> <laughs> like what year were you born? Seventy nine. Ah. Uh, Why? Because Groucho Marx died in seventy seven. I thought you slightly overlapped. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, he. Uh, I, I mean, he kept seventy-seven. But when's your birthday? July nineteenth. Oh, uh, you were you were alive for one month together. Damn it! That means I'm not him reincarnated. Same thing as Elvis. I can't say I'm Elvis reincarnated because he died like a like in August. Uh, time doesn't have to be linear in reincarnation. Yeah, yeah it's a... maybe a baby. That's right. A baby doesn't necessarily have a soul yet. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, look at them. They're just like ah. Yeah, fuck the third trimester. A baby doesn't have a. Soul into his third birthday. Yeah. Anything before that, you can just put it down if you're sick of it. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll cut that out for your super clip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have to cut that out for your uh, super clip. <laughs> that's the official oral hygiene position on abortions. <laughs> <laughs> Fine until the third birthday. Abortions with no apology and no no questions until the third birthday. I'm sorry, son. You're not real yet. Don't screw with me. <laughs> you know, he didn't he didn't hear you say it. He didn't know what I meant. <laughs> um, one thing that I think one of the more incisive things in this is uh, how just dumb insult fights is what starts international conflict, which is you have to imagine is probably more true than you want to. <laughs> Oh, oh, it's I feel like definitely it's very true. true. Yeah, it's very true. The the difference, the main difference between this movie and real life is that nobody is like, look at all the money we can make. That's like the the only thing missing from this film. Look at all the stuff we could take and all the money we can make. Nobody's like really concerned with that, except for. Well, well that's because Firefly's been cranked up a few notches, right? He he's just out to basically destroy, you know, which. Yeah. Maybe is more. Maybe that's a caricature, but maybe it's not. That's one of the disturbing things about Duck Soup. It's like yeah. this guy may be more real than you really want to admit. Well, 
I was a little worried about dipping back into this that it might be a little bit upsetting, but there's still not there's a difference between chaos and narcissism, and I, this movie is firmly on the side of chaos. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, I, I was like, you know, Firefly almost comes off as like a more entertaining Trump, but vaccinated with a phonographic needle. It's like the thing about Trump is that it's like it's his thing, jokes like, weren't this sharp. <laughs> it's like if you knew Trump and you were important and you managed to insult him, he would probably become really serious really quickly. That's, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, so we're be more like the ambassador, except for he sort of would be the both. Both the ambas that that is the fun thing. The ambassador is generally seems like a very reasonable dude. Yeah, it's like they, they keep escalating the the conflict for just no reason. Like the, the one where he just keeps where where uh, Groucho is going off on a tirade for a minute, where he's just like, "I bet he's gonna come here," and then. He's going to say this and that, and then he just shows up and he slaps him, and then it's war. <laughs> it's just Glove slap, by the way. I, I kind of never noticed it was a glove slap, although he hits him in the neck. So. Well, that's how you got to do it, man. It's politics. Yeah, yeah. I just say there's that uh, Simpsons with the D-52s doing glove yeah. slap, so it was like bouncing my mind. <laughs> I, was that When was that? I don't remember why. Uh, Homer just gets into dueling for some reason. Okay. <laughs> I think that's the one where he um, grows the tomacos the tobacco uh, tomatoes is it the that same was, one huh. i think it is i mean that thing with the simpsons episode, it's always like you always have two different episodes in your head and it turns out they're the same episode yeah yeah <laughs> that one is like i feel like that was very late in my simpsons watching and uh i'll probably look it up and it'll be like a 35 year old episode and i'll feel really uh well it's, I, it's, it's, I think like, it's towards the end of what people consider acceptable simpsons is that season 11 Where's the cutoff line? I think that's what I've heard people say. Okay. I've never just sat down and watched all of it, so. I, I specifically remember the last episode that I really thought was great, and it was like airplanes were flying over their house. Hmm. I don't remember when that was, but I, I, think that, I think that might be a much later one, and you told me to go watch it, but that was that still like 12 Mr. years ago. That one's <laughs> called Mr. Spritz Goes to Washington, and it's season 14. Okay, why why is this still on the air? Okay, <laughs> money. Why does television still exist, Matt? I don't understand. Like, <laughs> I mean, television still exists as a receptacle for uh, your streaming more Star Trek series. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'll support that. <laughs> oh, no, I know. I just mean like television is in like be beamed out at like it's on at six p.m. Traditional television. Who is it for, other than the elderly? I feel like some people must like that. I I don't <laughs> I don't understand people who like really want to listen to terrestrial radio or or television, but I think some people are just super comforted by I don't have to make decisions. Mm. Like let it wash over you, let the commercials wash over you and then mm. So there's your answer. The Simpsons is for subs. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm looking at the title of this film cuz um it doesn't really make sense of course as it's not really supposed to but uh let's see had lots of titles it's called fire firecrackers and then cracked ice and then grasshoppers because animal stories are so popular uh, according to the director so <laughs> <laughs> well they've had horse feathers and animal crackers before this right and monkey okay bits. okay well, here we go though there was something about the it being an adage that if something is super easy it's it's called duck soup in the 30s yeah, that's America. right. 
When Groucho was asked for an explanation of the title, he said, take two turkeys, one goose, four cabbages, but no duck and mix them together. After one taste, you'll duck soup for the rest of your life. <laughs> All right. I, as a kid, I always just thought it was some kind of reference to something Food. political. Yeah, I don't know. It's like Wag the Dog is a political movie. That's <laughs> that's an animal. Well, like I like I said, I first saw this when I was probably like three or four years old. So they just show you the ducks in the fountain. And I was oh, there's the duck soup. OK, covered. Yep. And then I forgot about it for the rest of the movie. <laughs> so that's kind of fun. Um, did did anyone notice the the intense layering of jokes in the final sequence? Yes, there was an intense layering of jokes through the entire film, except yeah, that, when a bunch of people intensely sang songs. That was going to be my <laughs> reply. It was just always an intense layering of jokes. <laughs> okay, the end has layers that it's like you don't even notice necessarily until someone tells you, which is um, every ex uh, every exterior shot of their, their war headquarters is different. <laughs> it's like an old house, and then it's a Ford, and then it's a bunker. <laughs> And uh, Groucho's uh, military uniform keeps changing from, you know, like uh, an American one to, to a red coat to a Boy Scout Scoutmaster uniform. I, I noticed the Scoutmaster uniform. I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, feel, I felt like the, the war scene could have been the entire movie and it probably would have if somebody made it now. Yeah, it, just it, keep going. It kind of works at five minutes. In fact, when I get to that that part of the movie, I'm always like, "Oh, I thought this was like a thirty minute sequence, and it's only about five minutes of that." But that in itself is a joke because the war just sort of ends because the ambassador shows up and gets stuck in the door, and they throw fruit at him, and that's how you end a war. <laughs> it's just okay. <laughs> and that's apparently that's kind of why Stanley Kubrick wanted to end um, Doctor Strange with a pie fight. I mean. <laughs> Doctor Strangelove the ending is also funny. It is, but the I think it was it was filmed. I think it was to the point where he mm -hmm. did film it, but the movie because now it just ends with Doctor Strangelove standing up and saying, "I can walk," right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but after Pig that, riding a bomb. Yeah, but that was followed by a pie fight at one point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know if that make it better or worse. <laughs> eh, I, I I I wouldn't complain. That's still my favorite Kubrick movie. Maybe maybe they exist well as a um, cutting room floor thing that you can you know find images of. Like it, it's nice that it exists, but it's nice it's not in the movie. Hmm. It it would depend. I think if the pie fight was just like someone getting hit by a pie and then just screaming and rage, I, I don't know. I'd have to see it. When we get <laughs> when we get down to like you know like person person things. I mean, how many wars did end with someone like getting their head stuck in a door and then being pelted with vegetables? <laughs> I mean, if you if you're using that as a pseudonym for, or a, or a, a metaphor for guillotine, then a lot of them. Oh no no no! I I literally mean getting your head stuck in a door and pelted with vegetables. Oh, that probably one. Yeah. yeah. There's been like yeah. fourteen thousand wars, so. Yeah, ask the French. That sounds like something they'd do. Yeah, I mean, who knows what goes down in Versailles, right? I mean, there had to be yeah. some wacky, some they wacky hijinks. We, like yeah americans barely even got going before we were just like shoot everyone with guns well i know there's a statistic about how many years america has not been in a war and it's like really disturbing how small that number is mm -hmm. oh, yeah peace well, is you know, profitable right we don't talk about it though we you know there's been what, what was there? 
30 years of peace before 9-11 or something like that <laughs> just yeah, no, there wasn't anything going on then let's see years america has been at war because i, I guess for the this brief second what, what where is america involved at the moment okay the u.s has only been at peace for 17 years total since its birth <laughs> oh god even that's actually more than I thought you were going to say. <laughs> Feeling higher than that. That's that's um, out of 239, though, right? So, I mean, in, in some of the early years, you know, that, that they were trying, I think they were trying to avoid wars because <laughs> they couldn't <laughs> wage them. It'll just be like 10 of those years with the Great Depression. Where's yep. the, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. So how they that's what that's why i find fascinating about this movie is you know it's obviously it's absurdist but like how these things start and how these things end are are probably almost as stupid well i mean who better to understand how absurd war is than comedians from a country where we just go to war over and over yeah yeah so um, the pressing thing about real life they're talking about how how many wars start with dumb um insult fights but the insults aren't even good <laughs> that start real wars <laughs> that's yeah I, politicians need to get more comedy writers among their speech writers so oh the gentleman is without wit how dare you like, <laughs> do, do you think that's why trump didn't like act actively start any wars is because his insults are are so uh so lame possibly just, like sleepy joe biden and also that he didn't understand when other people were insulting him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I could have been a fly on a wall for anything where he was talking to Angela Merkel and she was just saying stuff that's going over his head, I would assume. <laughs> it's like talking to a lampshade. Yeah, an angry lampshade. Oh, I did. To answer your that... question, apparently you're still involved in Somalia, Syria. Mostly pulled out of Afghanistan, right? Because uh, that was that was a big deal in the news, at least. Which you know we can't trust the news that much. But they're like, "Oh, we're finally out of Afghanistan. We're not we're not warring people anymore for a moment." It depends on which news, but yeah, there there definitely was an effort to pull out of Afghanistan at some point for some reason because of something at. At what may you know, you, 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 as I was say, you probably don't know the actual reasons for why that happened because no. they wouldn't tell that to you. <laughs> I mean, the reasons probably PR. Yeah, I don't know it if may... it was like good, good, good timing or bad. I, I, I oh no, it, it, it's I, I think it's left Afghanistan like utterly devastated and undefended. But you know, yeah, yeah, that's what that's how I understood it, at least. Maybe maybe we have a good opium crop and you know domestic crop now so we don't need it mm. but uh yeah we don't know why these things start and end so the you know the stupidity in this one starting and ending is unf that's the thing as stupid as this movie is it's probably more realistic than a lot of movies mm -hmm. in a way What's like, well, I... life yeah. just is a comedy most of the time it's a comedy or a tragedy and the only difference is your perspective so this is a tragedy portrayed as a comedy, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but absolutely. Like, it's like you're watching war happen because somebody is just talking in circles, pretty much. Like people yeah. are dying. People are dying. 
and then you know they don't show people dying but it's like you know it's happening right exactly and he's playing with his uh paddle ball thing which i, I think i've started a class or two that way <laughs> everyone's sitting there quietly yeah do you, do you think the marx brothers sort of represent just the grim reaper in this are <laughs> <laughs> just are just entropy coming Mm, maybe Harpo. I feel like Harpo is a good harbinger of darkness. Is entropy coming what you do in like a one night stand on a Friday night? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's when you have the sit and spin you brought to the hotel. That's Chico. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Or is it, it Chico? I think it was actually supposed it's to be Chico. Chico. It's Chico. Yeah. I, really I looks just like, remembered that. Yeah, it really looks like a, a Chico. But yeah, I, I know it's Chico. He's, he's there's a reason for that. It's, I don't know, know it's, why. It's like Neil Peart from Rush. Like you hear mm. it once and you're just like, oh, I didn't know that. I had who, no way of knowing that. Who is Neil that? Peart, Neil Peart. Oh, what do you know? Okay. That, Luke doesn't know what you're talking about, but that's fine. But they blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Your drummer. Famous libertarian Neil Peart. Yeah, because everyone assumes it's Peart when you look at it. Uh, yeah. It looks like Peart. I just learned this like just now. Okay. <laughs> I'm just yeah, learning this guy exists. So, <laughs> so you're What's fine with the pronunciation of his name. You'll be in a conversation 10 years from now and be like, oh, wait, it's Peart. Just remember that. Mm, just like and, Chico. Yeah. Do you think that Chico Marx and Neil Peart ever met? No. Oh, very possibly. Maybe. There's a little overlap. All the Marx brothers were kind of dead by the 70s, right? Well, actually, there could have been some weird award ceremony about 1975, which might have just happened to have Rush and Groucho Marx at it. That, that's a weird. That's what thought. I'm thinking. Mm. When you're that level of celebrity, you just you get invited to like boring shit at the same time. So probably like, did just bump into each other. Like I've seen um, you can find articles on like bizarre celebrity friendships, you know, Sting and Shaggy. <laughs> My favorite was uh, the picture of Tanya Harding and Tommy Wiseau next to each other. Yeah, soulmates together at last. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. Yeah, that's that's such a such an incredible pairing. I always enjoyed the picture of Marilyn Manson and Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Wait a minute. I don't know. I don't know about this, but I'm looking it up. Didn't the Colonel die in like the seventies? Nineteen seventy-five. But I'm still okay. looking it up because Luke said it was the thing. Oh, we can hear the clickety clack of your clackety clickers. <laughs> hey, that's a good thing. I got a good microphone. Yeah. Colonel Sanders on Twitter. I love me some Marilyn Manson. Oh. <laughs> there you go. That's the Canon. company. That's not the real Colonel Sanders. No, he's tweets. It's him. It's real. What are you not? It's... What are we not going to believe the internet? It, it, he, that's how he still communicates with Earth from beyond the grave. He uses Twitter. Okay. <laughs> I, maybe I did just fall for a Photoshop once. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, you know, we did some good improv for a minute there. That's what matters. <laughs> uh, be, be careful when you're talking to people with like whose heads are just crammed with pointless trivia. Because <laughs> he does show up in um, oh, what what is the uh. The blast off girls is that it? It's the one that's on, on yeah, just for the hell of girls. it. Yeah, he does appear in that possible future oral hygiene film, Blast Off Girls. Right, right. So Colonel's and he's real. He, what is he, he? He's delivering his chicken to them. And he's like really fucking excited about it. Is it? He's sort of excited. He's not really excited. I think he was really drunk. Oh, okay. Um, 
from from how I understand it is just that HG Lewis just did that just to get free catering for the film. They shot it in like two days. Like, <laughs> well, if I can put Colonel Sanders in the movie, get free fried chicken to feed my two day shoot. But now that's like the calling card of the movie. No, of course. Yeah, it's not <laughs> it's not one of his best films, but you know, it has Colonel Sanders in it. A few years back they ran they run ad, ran adverts during the wrestling where Colonel Sanders had a fight with a big chicken. <laughs> and it's it's just Dolph Ziggler, but he's got like the little Colonel Sanders tie and the white wig and the mustache and stuff. <laughs> and it's phenomenal. <laughs> Have you been watching AEW? I've been absorbing some of it via osmosis from my friends, but I haven't seen any. Yeah, I haven't watched wrestling regularly in years, but that stuff is awesome. There was just a guy who was just weirdly, some weird guy who kept just ducking everybody and somebody used him as a weapon. His name was like Orange Orange <laughs> something. It was it was awesome. But like the in terms for people who actually like wrestling, it seems like AEW has completely replaced WWE at the moment. Orange Cassidy, yes, it pretty much has. It feels like WWE hasn't felt for like thirty years. No, the last time I watched wrestling was when I went to New Japan um, for Wrestle Kingdom, like my second oh, year man. here. I gotta get next time I'm in Japan. We gotta go to a wrestling match for sure. Hell yeah! <laughs> um, what is the what is our Patreon level for you to fight a chicken, Luke? I, I think my the Monster Hunter podcast did say. Like I think it's a hundred dollars. I will fight an animal of your choice in a steel cage. So... <laughs> <laughs> okay, hundred. So like, if, if you I have want a to bad habit of claiming I can beat up animals on that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like ducks, so... chickens. We can we can get to the duck. A duck and a chicken. I don't think where are you going to find a griffin? A centaur. <laughs> where are you going to find that? The, you, the... you got them in Japan, right? The Hollow Earth. We'd have to go to the Hollow Earth for those, I think. I will take on a duck and a chicken in a tag team match, and I will end them. <laughs> they, they have to be uh, stuck together because they're like having sex and they're stuck together. What will you eat? Will you That's eat the, the duck and chicken? Are you going to make use of them after defeating them? Yeah. Okay. Duck so you don't don't want to go to waste. Yeah. Every part of the buffalo, man. <laughs> I suppose we'll wrap this one up unless someone wanted to like blurt out some weird joke or something. I think we talked about the film for like 23 minutes at this point. So. <laughs> right. You came in a little late. We, talk, well, we talked about yeah, yeah, Watchmen yeah. too. So I was really minutes. hoping there was a, a Zoom filter that would give me the glasses and the nose, but there wasn't. <laughs> oh, you just had the, the mustache. For a second, um, yeah. yeah. Some, something Groucho Marx never had. Well, actually, I think he did actually grow a mustache in the 50s for a bit. So... Just grease paint. I was just reading John Waters' book where he um was talking about how he's applied his pencil mustache for the past forty years or something. <laughs> I've seen him live. It looked like a pencil mustache for sure. Oh, he tells you the it's like Maybelline something to <laughs> like eyebrow pencil. So <laughs> I just yeah. finished reading his role models book. So <laughs> that's a great book. Um, yeah, I've I I always thought it was weird that Groucho was the youngest. It's oh. never obvious. No, no, it's not. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Now, yeah, I've actually, I've actually read a biography or two in the Marx Brothers, but 
He has oldest brother energy for sure, but maybe that's just something you can get away with when you do. I think Harpo's the oldest, if I'm if I, well, actually Gummo was, but maybe? he he doesn't yeah. show up in the movies. No, I I think Zeppo was the youngest. I I don't I. Uh, uh. But, but you're thinking of the Marx Brothers that matter on screen, which <laughs> Zeppo doesn't. <laughs> it says here the uh, the youngest Marx brother is uh, Carl. Right. <laughs> no, Zeppo is the youngest. You're right. Carl would be the oldest. Carl is the oldest. Yeah, because he, he was, was an example. He was dead by this point, I believe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was an old man in the 1860s, right? Uh, was he? Yeah, I can't picture him as anything other than an old man who looks like Santa. Yeah, I'm now just yeah. thinking when when presumably he, wrote... he looked young at one point. <laughs> All the memes are just of him being old. There's never like young Karl Marx memes. Yeah, it just came it just came to mind. I was like, wait, wait, when he, when he wrote the manifesto, was he actually like what age was he? I what see now? young Stalin sometimes because apparently he was a looker. Oh yeah, young Stalin was a hottie, but they Even they didn't old have Stalin was pretty attractive considering you know he had that that glow that you get from like killing whoever you want. I was gonna say is that I'm gonna kill you look. See, young yeah, Stalin has an I'm gonna fuck you look, whereas older Stalin has an I'm gonna kill you look. Okay. It's young Karl Marx. Oh, what a dashing Damn. young man. Yeah. He looks like Prince. He's got a bit of Prince to him, yeah. <laughs> All right. Some Stalin Marx action, yeah. <laughs> he was the most attractive Marx brother. Right. For sure. <laughs> um, anyway, that that yeah. Now that we've gotten that through, I guess um, <laughs> we can't get out of a Marx Brothers film without bringing up Carl. Yeah, Honestly, that was the second time I think Luke missed the first time. But I, yeah, I wasn't going to not do it. <laughs> Where were we? Oh yeah, so do- double double Carl. Okay, yeah, I, I don't remember what Luke was double here Carl for. What he wasn't. When you go to so. the hotel room and you. <laughs> commit entropy on the... <laughs> uh, Keith Moon committed uh, entropy on hotel rooms I think I think that's what killed him all right okay where were we um I think that that means we put out all, uh, you put out your point that Grouch was the youngest was wasn't quite true um but yeah, close to true <laughs> he's he's the pentultimate youngest I think so I believe you're right there pen, pen, penultimate yeah <laughs> Next Sorry. to the ultimate. Sorry, the ultimate in this case being youngness. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The second most youngest. I guess okay. that's a better way. I like the way I said it. Okay. Um, I guess I'll do this podcast thing. It's oral hygiene. It's oral hygiene pod on Twitter. It's on Facebook. It's under the podcasting umbrella of umbrella. Um, how do I say that? Umbrella of podcastio podcastius on Patreon. Join us there. You get episodes early. You can go do sci-fi and Matt and Luke's sci-fi sanctuary. The monster hunters, the Pokemons that Luke does, Pokemons. Po- Although the monster hunter one will be on hold for a few months soon because so there's no new monster hunter. Right. So, I couldn't explain your new one, so I'll leave that to you. <laughs> we're, we're, we're switching over to a sort of British comedy panel, panel show style show called Game Game Show. There is a game show about games. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And when Monster Hunter does come back, we'll probably like alternate them on alternating weeks or something. But it's a lot easier and more fun to record than actually researching monsters. So, <laughs> and it sounded so fun to research monsters at the first. Yeah. Well, 
we did this because like we just needed to do something dumb to fill a week because someone didn't show up and then it got like more engagement from people on twitter than any episode we've ever done like, oh do people just want us to do this dumb shit because it's way more fun for us <laughs> so we're giving that a go <laughs> game game show okay Although, but by the time you hear this i don't think episode one is out but episode one might just be getting me cancelled straight from episode one. So <laughs> nice. Well, good you thing cancel culture isn't real, so you can't get cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was I was telling him, but if you talk about it enough, right? Because that that was your that was your um your panel section, your panel of the show. Sorry, I'm using yeah. panel the wrong way now. <laughs> one of the rounds of the game was I name of a, a uh, gaming celebrity, and everyone else has to guess why they got cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> we end up talking about some pretty dark stuff quite flippantly. So. <laughs> well, hey, I dark stuff is in. It's great. If I the, the ideal is to get cancelled because then I can get a Netflix special called like Silenced or something. And <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> the picture will just be me with tape over my mouth, like, and then I'll just tell this. I'll just tell lame shit jokes from the seventies. Pretend like it's outrageous. Yeah, you just go on stage and be like. You know what's wrong with society? And then people just go, ah! and then you've just basically killed like three minutes just doing that. Yeah. Like you just keep, just repeat. Take my wife, please. <laughs> can't say that anymore. Hey. Eh? Yeah, can't say that. Can't have so, someone taking your wife. So after the three minutes of, you know what's wrong with society, three minutes of cheer, and then you're, you just do the punchline is, that's right. <laughs> hey that's a good meta joke i should start writing jokes <laughs> yeah and okay. if you get canceled then you get a netflix special about uh, you can get it, get one right after luke gets his you've been canceled good evening ladies and gentlemen you are looking fine tonight but you know what really gets up in my crawl it's the shadow state and the reptilian cabal let me sing a little bit about it it goes something like this big time ponies out digital fracking peddling their basalts and consciousness hacking malicious raid in indigenous land why for the homeless they won't lift more time. Fuck the power. Fuck the power. I gotta sing a little more. Shadow State we bet on our parties. Reality frame experts are smarty. Pipeline of drugs in all of the cities. Celebrity wankers should told us so pretty. You know it's babe every minute, every hour. You just gotta say fuck Fuck 
Fuck you. I won't do what you told me. But can I hear you sing it again? That's Bump the Power. It's like butterflies in my ears. Bump the Power. Oh, yeah. Gangbangers build economics, Babylonia. Reptilian cabals against the Amazonian. GM's so Gentlemen, once again, that's Fuck the Power. Good evening and good luck.